This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the short miniature gaming companion podcast to dice over everything. Yeah, well, we'll see if we get more than two topics this time. Last time All we right. rolled high and got 10 minutes. So, yeah, so if you're new to, to this podcast, um, for uh, we basically choose a topic, roll a, a dice, and talk uh, about that topic for wh- however long in minutes uh, we roll on the dice. So, All right, you, you want to start off with one? Yes, I do. So the first question we have is, what is the number one optional mechanic in a miniatures game that you like? What is your number one? Optional uh, miniatures game mechanic. In a optional. Game. What yeah. you want to find? Like a core one is movement, right? Combat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something that you, you feel like is optional. It's up to you, man. Interpret it how you like. Five minutes. Oh my god. For oh, this op- is a pretty open topic. You can talk about whatever. So I think like limited resource points. I think that's the one I like the most. Where you're okay. tra- well, you've got like a limited number of resources that you sort of consume throughout the whole game, not like on a turn basis. Okay. That... So you... Okay. So then you have a limited resource that you have to judge whether you need to save, uh, you have to use it now or save it for later. Yeah. Cause it kind of lets you create that risk reward mechanic mm-hmm. where you can either like, if you get yourself in a, in a tight bind, you don't feel like you're completely stuck. You can just start throwing that resource at it in hopes that maybe you pull out of that nosedive. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, maybe you're weaker later on, but at least you're still in the game. Okay, and what is an example of that? So I want to go to Infinity because we play so much of Infinity. Course. It's yep. the command tokens, where the command tokens will let you, for limited re- like when you think of those these command points often they represent rerolls on lots of games because mm-hmm. okay something goes wrong with your dice the most basic thing you can think of is just being able to reroll to get yourself out of, out of a bind so in infinity in certain situations which the only rerolls i think are in infinity are based around healing your guys mm-hmm. certain guys you can take rerolls on healing them so if you really part of your plan is get that guy back up get him back in the fight you mm-hmm. can make a reroll based around that mm-hmm. and then also, it lets you do movement where you can move more guys at once. So mm-hmm. maybe later in the game, if you're trying to play for a area control, mm-hmm. it'd be better that later in the game, you take the control of the area by moving a whole bunch of guys at once. That you think, oh, okay, maybe I better make a play earlier in the game, use up those limited command tokens, which we've got four of usually to start with, to get more guys in position earlier in the game. So those are yeah. big uses of them. And then also, if you save it for too long, though you might end the game where you just have no use for these resources, right? Like, especially with the reroll stuff, you might say, uh, if you have like, let's say four or five rerolls for the game, right? Like you think of the limited resource in Warhammer 40,000, they have the added, are they called command points? Whatever, they're called some sort of points. And you get a certain number of them at the beginning of the game and then you can use stratagems, right? Uh, But if you save, if you're you're saving them all up for, because you don't want to yet use it, at the very end of the game, you might even be left with resources that you never spend because it just doesn't come up at the last round. So the ability to like spend them at the right time, when they're most effective, that kind of stuff uh, adds a, a, a big level. Um, yeah. And you think of Malifaux too, where you've got your cards in your hand, mm-hmm. or you've got 
like obviously you can draw because it's mm-hmm. kind of like playing war yeah in addition to your guys base stat mm-hmm. that you know you, what you've got in your hand might be enough to bring you over the top to do what you need to do or if you lose and you really don't need to lose there you start just spending cards out of your hand yep same thing with war machine where it's a round resource it's a limited resource for the round because it does replenish every round mm-hmm. but they also have a um a feat which is a once per game super strong effect which is also a limited resource you don't necessarily know when to pull that thing off right and uh, it definitely adds a layer of strategy and and um next leveling intention when you're trying to to wonder when to use it right yeah and i guess frostgrave kind of has that too where your wizard often you won't want to put your wizard on the front line to fight because if you get surrounded in frostgrave you can get your ass kicked pretty hard Mm -hmm. but so your wizard's mostly in the back and when you cast spells you have the option of cutting for Mm -hmm. damage which actually you have that sort of mechanic in war machine as well to Uh boost the power of things but if you miss your spell by a little bit and you really need that spell you can just pay to make what you need happen using life. Yeah, so life, uh, oftentimes when people talk about uh, miniature games mm-hmm. um, or card games even, right? Life as uh, a limited resource that you have uh, is a uh, important limited resource. And in fact, um, I know we're talking about like resources on top of just the models, but actually considering most miniature games have a set number of models that you get at the beginning the models on the table are also a limited resource, right? If, if there's some way that through attrition, you remove the units, being able to, you know, you often have to sacrifice certain units to control an objective or force a move from your opponent. That's also is a limited resource that you have. Okay, so with the one minute left, which, what would you say is yours? Hidden, hidden okay. information. Okay, I, th- I thought that would be it. Yeah. So is that why it. you didn't right. mention we, hidden we, information? We've already talked. We have an entire podcast about that. So I don't yeah. think we can, you can just use up your whole minute saying limited information and go listen. Hidden, to yeah, hidden information is really cool. It's the idea of uh, people having asymmetric information on the table of what ca- the capabilities generally of either your forces or the opponents, right? So you don't know, know exactly what your opponent has. Oftentimes it's, is it like a hidden unit that they don't know what that unit is carrying, right? And then the, the hidden unit can appear, or maybe it's a hidden ability, a feat, right? This is in lots of different games. The most famous game that it's in is, is poker, right? They don't know what your hand is and you're trying to bet based on uh, what, uh, guessing what your opponent's hand is. Yeah. I feel like it's super fun. We talked about how it should be in more games. Yep. Yeah, listen to the podcast. All right. So on a podcast, which you may or may not have listened to either, we talked about cyberpunk. So yep. on the thoughts of cyberpunk and like cybernetic implants, mm-hmm. and just like if you're on miniatures, what do you think is cooler? Cybernetic arms or cybernetic legs? Cybernetic. Oh, that's got, an Got to roll first. Good. One minute. Okay. Cybernetic arms, obviously. You should have asked, what's cooler? Cybernetic arm or cybernetic or two cybernetic arms? That's a real question. Uh, that's just a rhetorical question at that point. What, what do you, what do you, what would you say for for that? Oh. So you, do you agree though, first of all, cybernetic arms, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like having Even things cheetah legs? Arm? Like when we're thinking like cyberpunk, yeah. 
you're kind of like still humanish. So obviously it's all yeah. about things that pop out of your arms, claws, yeah. wrist arms, you know, all that. Way stuff. cooler than cheetah legs or things like that, oh, yeah. or, or, or jets coming from the back of your, your, your thing. But then adding on to that, then what is cooler one cybernetic arm or two? All the ones cooler. Yeah. See, it's not rhetorical. I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, I think, like they're like, oh, you have you have your two, but like having that one cybernetic arm accentuates the fact that it's different and cybernetic compared to the other. All right, got a freebie on that one. Next topic. All right, uh, it's up to me now. Um, so this is based. I know that for miniature games, we generally like free movement. I think that is our preferred way to um, for to set up our tables and move our our units, but there are other people that enjoy spaces on for miniature games. So what do you prefer? Hexes or squares for your non-free movement uh, tile-based uh, miniature games? Ooh. One minute. Oh, oh God, we're going to need more topics. All oh, right. So I think this comes down to less about movement options and more about just the aesthetics of how the board will look. Mm-hmm. But when you, obviously you have to mark on the board somehow how these spaces look. Mm-hmm. And when I've seen the hexes, they just don't look very good. You can kind of yeah. often hide away the squares mm-hmm. to look at the board or the dots just kind of blend in better when you have them all in the very lot in line. Cause you, you kind of know where to expect the next dot, even if it's very lightly marked on the mat. So what you're but, saying is for squares, you mm-hmm. would generally do dots instead of straight lines, but you can't really do that with hexes. No, they, they become really hard to distinguish when you only have dots. So it starts to become really intrusive and I don't like the look of seeing them, but with squares, you kind of expect things to be at right angles. So you can kind of hide it into the shape of the board and just be more subtle about it. So, so squares? Yeah, that's my half a minute is square for that reason. Yep. Uh, I would agree. I think squares, uh, I feel like hexes are often just, although it does add, like it's much closer to actual free movement. I feel like if you're just going to have those, those tiles, just lean into it. So I, I think when they do hexes, they're trying to base more, they're trying to make a turning mechanic where turning is a limited resource. And they're like, oh, they, we want to have, we don't just want to have you turn 90 and turn like 180. We want something in between levels of turning. Well, you're able to shoot diagonally, whereas it's much harder to calculate that with uh, squares. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's worth it. Just lean into it for what everything you said and just the overcomplication. Don't need it. Done. Squares are, everyone understands squares. All right. Do you have any more topics? Hmm. Do you? (laughs) We've burned through seven minutes so far and we, we are aiming for 10. Yep. So, oh, oh, I've got one. All right. Go for it. What color do you think trolls should be? All right. What color? Five minutes. So this is oh my god. <laughs> what color should trolls be? We we talked about this earlier. So, yeah, in game so workshop, we start off at Games Workshop. Let's talk about the history of trolls first. We have five. So, what is yeah, exactly so what is a troll what is the classic troll it is the troll under the bridge mm-hmm. the troll under the bridge is not a sea bridge it's the idea it should be a river bridge right so yep. generally the basic troll is a river troll 
Ooh, okay. You're going, you're going right. original, original source material. Yeah, OG, what do you call it? Fairy tale troll is a river troll. What does the river troll look like? I feel it's just like dirty colored. It's fucking yeah, it's got to be dark, dirty colored. It's probably has some sort of moss and shit. Not moss, sorry. I see like the reeds, or I call it like straggly water plants, right? What do you call it? Lily pad kind of shit. So the question is though, if it has this kind of stuff, should it be green or is that just too much green? Because it should it be blending into its surroundings or should it be standing out? No, it's got to be blending in so it can go back under the bridge and not be noticed. And hide. Yeah, that's right. So the idea of it being some sort of green color then makes some sense, right? Because rivers are generally not super deep. Um, well, I don't think of it living in the river. I think of it living like on the river bank. Mm, it's, it's, and it's then, so it, it hides underneath the bridge, but in the shallows, right? Yeah. Not in the deepest part of the the bridge no it's not it's not the bottom of the river it's okay so yeah so but then then it shouldn't it be blending into the reeds and stuff shouldn't it be green and and whatever kind of what do you call it moss or or whatever that's on the top what are the other colors well it's like rock colors you expect kind of like some rock you could have a brownish yeah expect rocks along the edge of the shore so some like grays and browns but then with like things of like green moss sitting on it Mm. At the same time, would I want a troll to be brown or is that too plain? So the troll, because I think about this, because we talked before about the Games Workshop trolls that are available for Blood Bowl. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, Games Workshop trolls are blue. I'm like, mm, for some reason, Blood Bowl, they're, both models are green. The current, yeah. the current sculpts from Forge World. And the retail version, and you're like, oh, yeah, because the most popular troll in Games Workshop that they used all the time for marketing was the rock troll, which they made blue. Yep, and when you think of War Machine, they've got blue, blue yeah, trolls. actually, yeah, blue That's trolls well. as well. So, but, blue is a very, very popular color for trolls. But the thing is, when I started painting mine, I started painting it a bright green to mix in with the goblins because it's just it would be easier to paint them all the same color. But yeah. then because it's such a large piece on the board, having it that bright color was too overwhelming. You can't, like having so much of this like intense green color was yeah. too much. And it just like overshadowed everybody else on the board. So, so I ended up having it. to knock it down to a very muted green olive color. Mm. Yeah, so that makes would, sense. It would so not you're help. saying olive, olive green is a great color for trolls. Yeah, or at least to have some of it. So it feels natural like so, it lives in that environment, but it can't be too intense. Otherwise, like as yeah. a miniature, it, it's just too large. And too I, I will also say that trolls should probably not be, should be very distinct, different color than humans. And I'll tell you like human shades, and I'll tell you why is because the sisters of, of, of a troll is an ogre, and a giant, Mm -hmm. both of which are in our mind's eye, more human-like. So if you're going to go with a troll, you have the ability, when we think about trolls, for some reason, we don't think of them as human-like as as much. So you have the ability to choose green or blue or 
maybe it's not really red because they're supposed to be underneath the, the the bridge but like green or blue which is very inhuman color so you mm -hmm. might as well go and take it if you're going to go human color go ogre go giant right as your character yeah so i'd say blue and green is correct or brownish whatever olive kind of green i would i would say i, I would agree bright green doesn't make sense like you said it should blend into underneath the bridge yeah um, bright, have that kind of idea of blending in so i'd say muted whatever yeah yeah, because bright blue, like you think of bright blue in the ocean, you don't think of rivers. So it's not going to blend yeah. in if it's bright blue. But yeah. All right. Yeah. So we said overall olive green makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense for your troll color. All right. We have, we have solved that issue. <laughs> of what color your trolls should be. By the way, my, my trolls are blue. <laughs> After all of that, by the way, my trolls are blue. And they're pretty but, bright. Yep. Yeah. And they're super bright. But, you know. I don't know. They're the whole army of trolls, so they don't need to blend into anything. They're all just equal. Yeah, that's true. They're just called trolls. They're not necessarily actual there. Although my big trolls that are supposed to be more wild are like have a greenish underhue, like on the, the front chest, and then their back is blue. So yeah. All right. So that concludes uh D6 minutes. Uh if you have any topics that you want to or any questions for us, uh give us a shout. Find us at uh on our Facebook group at uh, Dice Over Everything Group, or uh, you can con contact us by email at uh contact at dice over everything. Yeah, and you can find us at diceovereverything.com. All right. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye. <laughs>